the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars, because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part-time college professor, but a full-time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six-day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation, the true church rapture comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me again with Season Watch. And of course, we want to start in prayer. Lord, help us to see the beauty and special purpose of each day and uh, cause us to see your great goodness, to rejoice in the glory of your wisdom and your love, and we pray that you open our hearts and eyes to your perfect promises and to help us rest in the peace and hope of your dear Son. Amen. And friends, you know, we must remember his glory and majesty of his creation and the perfect plans that he has for all of us. I know we've been talking about these days of darkness, but even in a land of darkness, his glory shines that much brighter. We must remember these things and to notice them, right? So remember to savor our blessings and the special joys of each day. He created it for his glory and for our enjoyment, even as the last day approaches. And so, you know, we often quote Nehemiah 8.10, but looking at the context, Nehemiah is trying to encourage all those who are mourning for the things that were lost. You remember Nehemiah 8.10, let's start a little earlier. It says, this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We always quote that last part. We have to remember that um, (laughs) there's a good spiritual principle here from the Bible because Nehemiah is telling them not to stay in the rut of their regret, but to change their mourning for praise because that's where the victory is. And he charged them, do not sorrow because they were all crying about the terrible suffering and because God had to judge Jerusalem for their terrible sins. And so Nehemiah is warning them not to get stuck in the past regrets. That's what we do, don't we? We get stuck there. And although they needed to learn from it, Satan wants to send us into the ditch, and we don't want him to do that. And he uses our shame and our fear, our discouragement and doubt or any offenses that we've experienced. And he wants to send us into the ditch, but instead, the Lord wants us to rejoice. Uh, and on that day, in that there was a holy celebration for all that God had done, and he was urging them to rejoice for all the things that the Lord has done. And that's how we honor him. And so um, to be filled with mourning or sadness or whatever's clinging to us when God says that is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And let us hang on to that in the midst of the shadows, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of when we're worn out and stressed. Help us, Jesus, to have that. And we must shake off the wounds of the past and walk forward with God into the joy of each day, or Satan's going to hound us with the past. And it's a past that cannot be changed, right? Our only hope is in the future, and our future is in God's hands, right? So friends, 
Fasten Your Truth Belts as today we talk about preparing for spiritual battle, train to defend your mind. That's what we need to do. And so we've been talking about spiritual battles these past episodes since my return from Jerusalem, where God showed me that American Christians are not ready for the spiritual battle to increase so much in America or wherever we happen to go uh, to take territory for Jesus. And we must rely realize that um, that just like the real armed forces, uh, the army of the Lord is all volunteer. So anybody who's responded to the call of the Lord, it's a volunteer army. But some of us think that we've just signed up for the benefits, and that's not true. We don't just get the benefits. We don't just get to be on the sidelines because even if we try to be on the sidelines, um, we're a target, right? We're still we're bearing the name of Jesus, and so we're still a target. From Satan, he tries to take us out. He tries to make us ineffective and get us on the sideline, and he wants us to surrender. And so, many Christians go AWOL. Some Christians sign up for boot camp and they go through the reading and the training. Uh, they learn their Bibles. They go to church. They pray and worship, and they take these things sincerely. Might even carry out uh, some assignments from the Lord. But most of the time, these are done in a time of peace. But now we have to prepare, and there's a small minority that sees there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of ground to be taken for the kingdom. And we must remember that our king is good and that he sets the captives free, and the kingdom of darkness is about enslavement. And so we want to thwart the effort of the enemy. And so those of us who want to enlist in the elite forces— um, God calls us, and he trains us for special missions. I hope that you decided or you're deciding that you want to sign up for the special missions that he has for us. And these special forces dedicate themselves to knowing God and Jesus by studying the word with great dedication. And I know we're all quite busy, but somehow God helps us to do it. He makes a way when we say, God, we want to do this. Help us. He, he makes a way. He, he it makes our time productive. He finds ways to do it. So we have to study his word. Give it to him. Ask him to help you to do that. And then we, we find ourselves praising and worshiping God to seek him with our whole heart. We have to seek and enter into worship with him and at, at length. And that, that's how we find ourselves near to him and to know him and to walk with him. And then, of course, we have to pray and petition for God's leading and to tear down strongholds, to set the captives free, to break through barriers and to keep us on our path, right? There's so much work that's done through prayer. It's not just a little checklist. And God shows us what he's called us to pray for individually. And we grow in our prayer and our strength and our nearness to God. And so we go through the process of knowing the word, praising and worship and praying and petitioning God. And that's how we train for those days of challenge. And so you don't have to be a special person to enter into elite training. Anyone could sign up. And the Lord knows exactly how to use each of us based on their strengths and talents, right? And so we we think that if we don't bother to go into training, that maybe we can sit it out. But the reality is, is that training brings great victories for the kingdom. And those who are saved for darkness, those who are from darkness and those who are our fellow soldiers, they receive benefits from our dedication. And it comes with great satisfaction and reward from the captain of our salvation, Jesus our Lord. And remember, Paul admonished in 2 Timothy chapter 2, you therefore must endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted as a soldier. 
who enlisted him as a soldier. Remember that Jesus Christ the of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, and for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God cannot be chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign. And so though we may suffer great difficulties, he is worthy, and we will. he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will guide us. He will cause us to triumph in him for the glory of his kingdom. So whatever your assignment is, as we said a few weeks ago, you must prepare to fulfill and to build your section of the wall, right? We all have a different section, and we can't run around trying to build up the gaping breaches of those who are not doing their part, uh, all while we're trying to fend off the enemy. And your assignment in the past may have changed. So you want to seek him. It, that may have been a beginning assignment, and he's now he's going to expand it. Remember that he matures us and he trains us for the next level, just like a child. The child learns to crawl, but at some point she'd better get up on her feet and start um, doing more and stretching herself and growing in her abilities. And so we think about the warning in Hebrews 5, verse 12, for though for the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, right? We have to know the word of God, and that's a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil, and to know the will of God, I might add, which we know from other scriptures. And so we must keep maturing and growing and learning, and we can't stand in the middle of supernatural battles by using our natural strength and our natural wisdom, right? Our own rationale, right? The earthly wisdom is not the same. And so we need training and wisdom from above, as James describes. And for uh, James 1, 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without report, reproach, and it will be given to him. And then verse 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. What a promise. And there are spiritual principles. It's all throughout the Bible concerning uh, how to mature in wisdom and faith and how to fight spiritual battles. And they all begin with the decision, a decision you have to ask yourself, am I in or am I out? If you're not in, by the way, you're out, right? You're just kind of on the sidelines. Um, but just don't don't think that, that you won't get caught in the crossfire because you're sitting on the sidelines. Um, if you ever saw the Band of Brothers, I don't know if you ever saw the Band of Brothers. Uh, that was a pretty powerful show and um, series. And there was this one scene where there's an incompetent leader, and uh, he couldn't. He he had a lot of book learning, but he didn't have any battle hardening. And so he he was supposed to direct this assault, and uh, he got confused and uncertain about the orders. And uh, so at one point while they were advancing, he he told everybody to stop and just to take cover. And, oh, my gosh, the enemy just honed in on everybody. It became a a shooting gallery, and they were were trapped, and they were just going to get— uh, they were all going to get slaughtered. And finally, one sergeant, uh, a battle-trained sergeant, stood up and started yelling, you have to keep moving. If you stop, you die. Keep moving forward. And so they made it through, and they got received cover from the other soldiers and made their um, 
made it through to their advancement. And so that's what we do. We have to keep moving. We can't just be on the sidelines. We're still going to be a target. And uh, advance with the Lord, advance with the Lord, and ask others to support you, to give you cover and prayer. And we must give cover to each other. This, these things are, are very real, and we want to do that. That's how war works. So if you stop advancing, the enemy can hone in on you and keep you pinned down or to take you out. And so Hebrews 2 explains how Satan takes us out, Hebrews 2, 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He suffered to achieve perfection for us. Verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver them, that's us, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Satan often uses fear to take us out of the battle. But Jesus won the victory for us over death. And so we have victory over fear, as seen in Colossians 2. And we have it by blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, which was contrary to us. He took them out of the way, nailing them to his cross And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And so you see, the battle is already won. It's true. Satan is a defeated foe. But just like a dying snake in the grass, he can still strike and send venom into our hearts and minds. He cannot kill our soul, but he can take us out of the fight for territory. And we don't want to be taken out. We want to stand strong. So to prepare for spiritual battle, we must train to defend our mind, right? Physical challenges don't actually defeat us because those are all vetted by the Father. That He's given permission for all of them, right? Remember Job? And, and so we, we have to just trust that God has vetted all these things. While we pray for deliverance, while we pray for inspiration, while we pray to get through it, we trust that the circumstances were vetted by God, and we seek him, and we seek wisdom on how to handle them. But anything physical, as horrific as it might be, never thwarts God's plan, right? Because he has already promised us victory, even in death. But the battle is waged in how we mentally manage and respond to those threats and challenges. Our perspective determines the victory. And remember Jesus warning the church of Philadelphia in Revelation 3.11, when he said, hold fast to that which you have, that no man take your crown. And that's where the battle is. When Satan sends an ancient agent to wound us, we must learn quickly to treat the wound so we can stay in the battle and move forward. So we must learn how to protect our mind from the wounds that can take us out, right? There's a wound of fear. We'll talk more about that next week. And um, there's a wound of shame, right? Shame is anything that, uh, something I'm ashamed of that I've done. Uh, Satan can call me out. He can reveal something. I made a mistake. I did something. It was costly, whatever. It's so hard to get past that. And um, a wound of offense. You can be offended by another someone in the church or by something that happens in the church or some injustice. There's so many offenses and that sets us back. We, we just, we can't move forward when we hang on to those things. 
And then there's a wound of doubt. Am I called? Is this what, am I doing the right thing? Is God with me? All right. The doubt about our faith in him, about what he's doing, what he called us to. Is he going to come through for us? Does he really love me? Right. Satan bombards us with those things. And then there's a wound of discouragement. And that could come from anything. It could be you, maybe there's so many people who suffer in pain or they suffer setbacks or they, they can't have breakthroughs. Maybe they're very stressed out. Right. Uh, Satan uh, makes sure that we're overstressed. We have too much. And so it's discouraging. It deflates us. And so we have to find ways to protect our mind. And there's all kind of wounds that we must train uh, to to handle. As we read in Second Corinthians 10, 5, to take every thought captive that threatens to stop us in our tracks, to set us back, to set us on the sidelines. And somehow we have to figure out how to manage those thoughts and take them captive and put them in the right perspective and then implant them with God's promises and God's word and God's hope and that we could keep moving forward, right? You stop, you die. So we've already talked about the spiritual armor, which is listed in Ephesians 6. And so be sure you go over that passage and study the armor of God again for yourself. There's so much there. You have to study it. I mean, I can't even possibly list all the scriptures that you will need. God will lead you to the ones he's going to use in your heart. And you have to start digging in there. He'll make those connections and you'll know them. You'll learn them. You'll bury them in your heart and they'll be your armor in that day of battle, right? And so, but spiritual helmets and belts and swords and breastplates and shoes and shields, these are all figurative, right? They're not actual. They represent principles for how a believer protects herself. But if you send a new believer this list, hey, by the way, you should put on the whole armor of God. Um, well, if they mentally put on the armor, it's going to be pretty useless for a new Christian because uh, they don't understand the word of God. They don't know him yet. And so these are principles. The armor represents how we must spiritually prepare for battle. And the real armor comes again from knowing the word of God and effectively deploying it. So we must study praying, uh, praising and worshiping God to enter into his presence and then praying effectively according to his will and according to the word of God. That's so it's all a big circle. You have to know it to do it. Right. And, and prayer is a way of breaking down strongholds going ahead. I've been praying so much for my sister, um, who, who doesn't have faith and, or I'm not sure where she is, but as far as I know, and I, I've been praying, I've said, God, soften her heart, soften her heart. Right. So years I've been praying this. And I believe that one day these prayers are going to have a breakthrough, that he's really working on it. I don't give up. And, and the, I've been praying even more earnestly now that God, helps me to connect with her and to love her even more. And I believe that God draws us into these times of prayers. He lets us feel desperate for things. If your heart is cold, then you're not going to be invested in it. You're not going to connect with him spiritually. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. You can't go through the motions. And the word of God is how we do it, and prayer is how we go out spiritually into the world to take territory and to give cover for each other. And then we just have to have to involve ourselves with these things. And so we talked last week about in order to begin our preparation in sincerity, we all need to go through a dedication process, right? We must count the cost and then pledge ourselves to God's will. Like Jesus said in Luke 14, starting in verse 27, and whosoever does not pick up his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build the tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? 
Or what king going out to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Likewise, whosoever you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Ouch! Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Help us to hear what you're saying, Lord. And so we, we like to skip these verses or kind of go, yeah, well, whatever. But Jesus said to be a disciple, to learn from him and to follow him, we must surrender all into his care, right? That he is trustworthy. He is faithful. He calls us friends who follow close to him. Don't you want to be his friend who follows close, who hangs on his every word, the one who leans on him uh, in times of trouble, right? The one who's closer than a brother. And he calls us to be part of the work of his kingdom. And it's a great honor. And remember those called to participate in making the tabernacles and instruments of Exodus. I love this. Exodus 21, 35, 21. They came and everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone in whom his spirit made him willing brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart. 36 verse 2. And every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up, came unto the work to do it. Has God stirred you up? Can you stir yourself up to take a hold of these things? God is searching for honorable men and women who love him and want to serve him. Remember 2 Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. <laughs> That's the only qualification, is to be loyal to him. And so we, we want to be loyal to him. We want to enter into the work. And so if God has stirred up your heart to volunteer for the elite forces to be part of the great work in these last days, then soberly, Prepare your heart, your mind, and dedicate your life to a service, whatever he calls you to. Count the cost now and say yes, right? Remember, no one retires from his service. So whether he deploys you into the mission field or sends you to the front lines of a specific ministry or assigns you to support services, thank you, God, for those who support those who, who are in service, or calls you to, uh, to the sacred battle of prayer warrior. Um, I, I just am so grateful for the prayer warriors that hold me up and hold each other up in prayer. That's where the work is. And so whatever you're called to, it's important. It's your portion of the wall, and we can't, we can't succeed without it. And so dedicate yourself without turning back. And then prepare for the spiritual arena, right? Give your future to God. Yes, right now. Don't take it back. Settle it in your heart and tell Jesus, yes, sign me up. I trust you. Pray and ask God to show you his assignment for you at this time, and it'll change, but he'll give you the next step, the next direction, right? Ask God to get the most important people in your life on board and share what God shows you with them, with your closest friends and family, so they can team up with you in prayer and support, and you'll be an encouragement to them as well. Once somebody starts, one leader steps out. Then others will follow. They'll say, yes, I want to do it too. So be an example and actually be a leader to yourself and to your sphere of influence. Find and share Bible verses that guide, inspire, and encourage you to stand strong in the work that you've been called. 
Plan for your weaknesses. Know yourself and the vulnerabilities of your mind, right? What are you afraid of? What offends you? How can Satan shame you? What easily discourages you? What makes you doubt yourself or God's faithfulness, his call and work and the presence in your life? And then guard your heart against these things. Take these thoughts captive and make a plan how you're going to thwart them. Do a ninja move on these attacks, right? And then make a daily plan to fortify your mind. Decide when you will spend time with God. Try to set a routine, how you will pray effectively and with purpose. And to spend time with him, as Psalm 100 declares, so that you can enter into his presence, praising him and worshiping him. And then to study the word of God so you know him. Hide his word in your heart. That's what protects you in a day of adversity, when a day of attack, and that you could take ground for the kingdom. And so we need a game plan now set in place on how to manage these challenges to our mind. And we must practice intensely with our most powerful weapons. Again, they're praise and worship, effective prayer, and hiding his promises of his word in our heart, studying them to know them and to hang on to them and to deploy them. And so through praise, we enter into his pavilion and walk among the stones of fire for his kingdom's sake. In effective prayer, we draw near to the Lord, cast down the darkness, and take territory in the sphere of battle. There are keys to the word that unlock us, so we rise above the very real attacks on the earth and change our thinking uh, from ourselves onto his promises. And most of our Christian brothers and sisters outside the Western world follow Jesus at a great cost. They suffer horrific threats to their very lives. So how will we prepare for things like that? How will we prepare to stand? And so, friends, we must decide now what the kingdom of God is worth, what we will give for it. It may be small or it may be great, but it will be a victory if we can give it to him and bring all discouragement, all concerns into captivity. We are not of those who draw back. Lord, help us to set our hearts and to follow you. And so, friends, until next time, God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.